Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to the Follow the Brand Podcast. I am your host, Grant Goff, CEO of Five Star BDM, where we help you to build a five-star brand that people will follow. Today, we have an extraordinary episode where we dwell deep into the life and legacy of a man whose faith, resilience, and leadership have inspired countless souls across the nation. We will journey together through the remarkable story of Bishop Donald Hilliard Jr., a beacon of hope, and a testament to the transformative power of answering a higher call. In the realm of leadership and spiritual enlightenment, Few voices resonate as profoundly as with as much authenticity as that of Bishop Donald Gilbert Jr. Today, we are privileged to embark on a journey to the life of a man whose dedication to family, faith, and community has not only reshaped his own destiny, but has also illuminated the paths of countless others seeking guidance and purpose. Our exploration today is more than just a narrative. It is a reflection of the profound impact of spiritual dedication and the unwavering pursuit of purpose. From his early days, contemplating a career in law to a profound spiritual awakening that would dramatically alter his path, Bishop Hilliard's life is a vivid illustration of divine calling and the courage to follow as we uncover the layer of Bishop Hilliard's journey, you'll hear of his Damascus Road moment, a pivotal experience that not only defined his vocation, but also ignited a deep-seated passion for ministry and community leadership. His story is a powerful reminder of the resilience required to navigate the complexities of modern ministry and the personal trials that test our faith and fortitude. But this episode is not just about the challenges. It's also about a celebration of the joys and triumphs that come with a life dedicated to service, family, and spiritual growth. Bishop Hilliard's insight into balancing leadership with self-care, nurturing family bonds, and building a community are invaluable lessons for us all, regardless of our faith 
or a profession. So as we embark on this journey together, let's open our hearts and minds to the wisdom and experiences shared by Bishop Hillier Jr. Through his story, we are reminded of the importance of hope, the necessity of resilience, and the unending grace that guides us through life's crossroads. Thank you for joining me as we dwell into the inspiring life of Bishop Donald Hillier Jr. on the Follow Brand Podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Welcome, everybody, to the Follow Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Grant McGall, and today we are going to take it on a different track. We're going to talk about what I say is the elephant in the room. What is that? What is life really all about? Is it just a mindless journey through one challenge after another? Or is there a more of a spiritual component? Is there more of a reason for your challenges? Is there more to the story that appears to you and your understanding? We're going to talk to one of America's best. We're going to talk to Bishop Hilliard, Bishop Donald Hilliard Jr. is going to be on our show today, and I am so honored to talk to, to him about his program that he has coming up, about the church that he has built, and about him personally. So I'd like for him to first introduce himself. Thank you so much, Donald Hilliard Jr. I'm honored to be with you today. God bless you. 100%. You know, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. I, I, alluded to that a little earlier, and went to Zion Baptist Church, and I was baptized by Reverend James Allen, and touched me a lot, you know, I was like, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, and that was my first foray into really understanding the word. You have, and I, I went through your bio, and I saw that, that you were going on a track to become a lawyer, but you had a lot of church roots, but then you deviated, you pivoted. Let's talk about that first. Talk about your journey. Well, I was, uh, thank God, I grew up in the African Methodist Episcopal Church and um, uh, found faith there, uh, raised up in a Christian home. Um, but I expect it, joined the church at eight years old in Amy Church. And then at 15, our family moved. When I was 13, we moved to the suburb. There were no Amy churches. So I joined the Baptist Church there and had a real, real experience with Christ and was baptized as Baptists do by total immersion, Methodists sprinkle you. And um, so I was baptized at 15. And, um, but my plan and the family plan was for me to go to law school, like my cousin, my first cousin. And um, I was, went to college in the pre-law program and um, began to run away from ministry for like three years. But in my freshman year at 18 years old, I just ran right into the calling. And I accepted the calling, had a major Damascus Road experience, you know, saw a light and everything. It was very, very traumatic. Um, accepted the call, met with my pastor, and I preached my trial sermon 48 years ago, January 9th, 1976. And that began my journey slash career in ministry. I changed my major from pre-law to religion and uh, psychology. And went to Geneva College there in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, for my first three semesters, and transferred to Eastern College, which is now Eastern University 
in St. David's, Pennsylvania, and majored in religion and sociology with a minor in psychology. Graduated there in 1979 and uh, became a student at Princeton Theological Seminary that September. So it's been it's been quite a journey. You know, I, I enjoy the journey. I enjoy ministry. I enjoy pastoring. Um, it's a, uh, of course, I think ministry is the job that calls you. Uh, if you call it and just decide on it as a career, I don't think those people last long. Wow, let's talk about that, the longevity, because, and I'm going to go into my own history, right? As I look back and the church and the 70s and 80s for me, and as I look at it now, the year 2023, the congregation is shifted, it's changed radically, the mindset of people are different from where they were back then. Help us understand what that looks like from your lens, because you've got to pivot and change as well through time. And how does that help you when you look at what you're going to talk about even further around longevity in the ministry? Well, if you're going to have longevity, you have to, first of all, you must be able to pray and prayerfully make the necessary pivots. There's a scripture in the uh, Psalms where David says, I thought on my way and I turned my feet to thy testimonies. Um, I think my journey, our journey, has been a, a series of pivots. You have to know how to pivot with the time. The church that I came to in 1983 is completely different than the church that I pastored in 2023. Um, we are in an increasingly secular society. Um, it is increasingly godless, um, even though we may be spiritual, but it is not necessarily uh, Christian spirituality or it is not necessarily God based. And so we have to be aware of what's going on, as I think it was Tillich that said you need to have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Now, of course, nobody does newspapers, but you need a Bible in one hand and, and an iPad in the other. So you know what's going on. Uh, there's also a scripture that says uh, the sons of Issachar knew the times and what Israel ought to do. Today's pastor must be able to know the times and the seasons. When you're talking about the 90s, uh, the 80s and the 90s, 70s, 80s, you know, pastors wore robes when they preached. Uh, now, you know, half the pastors are not in robes. They're in jeans. And, and hoodies. And so it's a far more casual approach. And I'm not against it. But whatever works to get the message across, to lift people. I have three, three things that I try to do through our church is to love, lift, and liberate the people in the name of Christ. Mm -hmm. the, and what you just said there, that the, the original word still stands true. Yes. Today. That has not changed. You know, the outer trappings may be a little different. The people may walk and talk a little different, let's just say. And, and, but the essential message is still there. What advice would you give to preachers and pastors that are getting started in ministry today in 2024? First of all, make sure you're called. Because if you are, do not have a real call, I mean, where you can literally say, this happened, I know. That old Negro spiritualist said, I know the Lord, I know the Lord, I know the Lord has laid his hands on me. You need to know that the Lord laid his hands 
on you or you will not last. Um, you need to be, I believe that, you know, you need a calling, you need a commitment, um, you need consistency, and you need honesty and integrity. Um, flash and lights and cameras and all that stuff, that, that, that's a side piece of it. But you need consistency and sincerity because, you know, if you're called by God, God is a just God. God is a righteous God. God is a holy God. And we ought to do our best to live the life that we preach about. However, letting the people know that we are not perfect beings. We are human and we will err. I just posted in Twitter um, last night that the old black deacons used to pray, Lord, touch me, blah, blah, blah. And then they would say something like, forgive me of my sins. Um, Thank you for grace and mercy. And I'm quoting, thank you for grace and mercy because mercy suits my case. It suited the case of those old deacons in my childhood. It suits the case for you and it suits the case for me. Mercy. And so I think that we need very large doses of mercy and grace because in the pews of our congregation, in every pew, there's pain. In every pew, there's a problem. In every pew, there's pathology. And the gospel, Jesus seeks to intervene in human affairs. And if we let him, and we need to point the people to Jesus, not to us. Point the people to Jesus and not to us. Mm, wise words, wise words indeed. And as I think about that, and I think about what you've been able, you've accomplished a lot. You started in the ministry a while ago, and you grew like a congregation in these times. You've got three churches, I believe, now. You've got a, a membership, I think it's around thousands, 5,000 or so. This is an accomplishment. This is a great accomplishment. You are recognized by other pastors across the country. I think you're in the top 20 uh, of, of pastors in America. I think this is great. What is your secret sauce? Why do you think you have been such a great servant of the word. Well, thank you, but I didn't know I was in the top 20. I didn't know. <laughs> but thank you. Um, I think, again, the secret is longevity. You know, I've been at this for a while. Um, I can preach by eating a, and eating a sandwich and doing an electric slide at the same time. Um, but I still need the anointing. So while I can just pull up something from the file and preach it, I always try to have a word for the Lord. I think that people see me as sincere. Uh, they see me as having integrity. Um, and I think, and they, they see me as a learned man. You know, I didn't just wake up and put some oil on my head and go out and preach. You know, I've been trained. I've been to school. I, I was a student of Dr. Samuel DeWitt, the late Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor. Uh, I was a mentee of his in his doctoral program. Um, I've taught seminary. I've taught college. Um, I, I'm an author of 14 books, I, you know, and all of these things are accomplishments. But but if the people don't sense your sincerity, um, you know, they're not going to follow. And I, one of the things I want to say tonight in our service tonight is that this is teamwork. Jesus sent them out two by two. And so, yes, I've done. But with the help of God, it, a lot has occurred. But. It's all a team effort. I've always had good parents, may they rest in peace. 
Um, I've had a good family network, my uncles, my aunts, my precious mother and my father, um, and now my wife and my children, you know, the network. I've got good leaders that uh, have undergirded me. And um, those old leaders that when I came to the church, that supported me, all of them are now in heaven. But we are not, Alex Haley says, if you see a turtle on the top of a fence, you know that it didn't get there by itself. Somebody helped it. And so I give God praise. We've had a, a, a very blessed career. You know, I could, I could retire today if I wanted to. It's been a very blessed journey, but I enjoy what I do. Wow, that's very important. And it's you are a living testimony. Yes. Living testimony of that word. And I, I like that. Here we just got up, I mean, here today, most people, by the time they hear this, will be a little later, and it should be Black History Month. It will be. And then we just got a Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, his birthday and his recognition. And I, I, I hear what you're saying. He was an educated man. He was a learned man. He understood his calling. And that is how he preached his word. In today's world, we're in a similar I wouldn't call it civil rights of that of the same type, but we are in cultural challenges that seem to have re, re, reverberated, reborn in a different way. But it's the same kind of cultural challenge and how we understand and love each other or we want to divide one another. And it's important to for us to understand where all this is coming from in a divisive world. And talk to us about having this type of resilience that it takes to walk this walk, to do what it takes. Because a lot of people don't, I, I talk about this a lot. So if you were back in the time of uh, Christ and Jesus, those particular apostles, their lives were not easy. They were not simple lives. A lot of people, I think, feel like, all right, I've accepted the word of God. I've got God in my life. I'm going to have an easy, I'm on easy street. I realize it's a challenge. It's a road. This is a way to navigate through these difficult times. Talk to us a little bit about where you see today's times as they what they were like in civil rights, but right now, and how has that helped your ministry? Well, we are certainly, the road uh, that we are on, we are in a very dangerous time. Um, politically, you know, we are in an election year, um, and it's not really looking, uh, it's looking interesting. And um, this is an interesting road. Um, the old song said, nobody told me that the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Um, we need indeed resilience. We need push forward. We need a team. We need people that are going to push us forward to help us to be resilient as they, all those civil rights leaders, 99% uh, of them are in heaven. They worked together. They prayed. They sought God. We need resources of refreshment to keep us keeping on. You know, people used to say, keep on keeping on. Um, we are in a very, and, and that has helped me. And, and then as a leader of predominantly Black people, I want to try to keep the people refreshed, to keep hope in their view. And to remind them that God is a God that opens doors and God closes some doors. And we need to be as thankful for the open door and as thankful for the closed door. 
The door sometimes is closed because God is protecting us. There is a door that is open because God is prospering and moving us and also protecting us. So he opens up the door to get us out of one season into another. I, I submit to you, brother, we're in a very unique season and we need to be aware. Um, and that's one of the challenges. You cannot be a church person, a Christian, and leave your mind at the door. Mindless Christianity is not good. You need to bring your brain to church. You know, if the pastor is talking and he or she is not making sense, you have a right to say, that don't make no sense. I, I'm sorry. I, I know grammatically, not grammatically correct here, but that doesn't make any sense. You, the, the gospel may not make sense naturally, but ultimately your spirit knows it's making sense. And the Lord wants to transform our minds and to keep hope alive. You can live without water. You can live without food for a period of time, but you cannot live without hope for three seconds. You have got to have hope. And I'm going to take this next breath, hope that I'm going to go forward, hope that I'm going to be uh, blessed, hope that I can be lifted, hope that I don't I don't live and die in this constant state of depression. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're probably getting ready to ask that. But I had a massive I had a cardiac arrest August 17th, five months ago, Thursday. I had a cardiac arrest. Um, my heart flatlined. I had an interior defibrillator put in uh, last October. Um, a year ago, 2021, uh, 2022, I had a defibrillator put in. I had a heart attack, 2023, and the defibrillator, you know, shocked me back, lifted me off the bed, shocked me back. Um, and so I don't know how much time I have left, but the time I have left, I want to live it for God. I want to die with my boots on. I want to go forward in the name of the Lord. Ready to elevate your brand with Five Star Impact? Welcome to the Final Brand Podcast, your gateway to exceptional personal growth and innovative business strategies. Join me as I unveil the insider strategies of industry pioneers and branding experts. Discover how to supercharge your business development, harness the power of AI for growth, and sculpt a personal brand that stands out in the crowd. Transform ambition into achievement. Explore more at firestarbdm.com for a wealth of resources. Ignite your journey with our brave brand blueprint and begin crafting your standout five-star feature today. And um, I have a word here too. And I want to be known as someone who refreshed people and gave people hope and helped them believe in themselves and know that they matter and that when I'm off the scene, that that man helped me, that he tried to encourage me. That he tried to inspire me. And I try to inspire even through my art, through my painting. Um, my painting has an optimistic, you know, most of my paintings have had some kind of yellow in them or to lift people from where they are and to encourage people to, to soar and to go higher. And to, to even though with all this going on, Russia and Ukraine, Palestine, Israel, all this going on, um, we need to remember that God is large and God is in charge. And that's my calling mm -hmm. to teach and preach and demonstrate that uh, in the name of the Lord. And well, amen. Amen for that. That is the word. And that is a testimony of, of faith. And I love that about you in this discussion. I want to help our audience to understand the importance of healthy living. Of, of keeping a sound mind, body, 
and spirit to be able to weather these storms. I know it's cold outside in certain places. I know I'm in Miami, Florida. It's not that cold. But you understand what I'm talking about. You've got to be resilient in these days, in these times. There are going to be so many people, so many factions, so many associations, so many you know, different organizations that want you as a part of their organization. They want your vote. They want this. They want that. But what are you doing for yourself? What do you need from for you to be healthy in these times? Because you'll be felt depleted. I love that word when you just said refresh. And you've got to be able to refresh yourself. You talked about refreshing yourself through art. I think that's great. You have a great family. You find refreshment through the word. Talk to our audience about how they can maintain themselves from for mind, body, and spirit. One of the most important callings, I think, is a calling to self-care. Um, and I am not a, um, if there's, if there was among the top three things I've done wrong over this career is I've worked too hard, pushed too hard, and didn't take breaks like I should have taken. I am a confessed workaholic. You know how they, when you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to say your name. Hi, my name is John Doe, and I am an alcoholic. So my name is Donald Hilliard, and I am fighting through workaholism. I, I like, I enjoy work. I like work. But even when I'm relaxed, I'm like, wait, I could be, I could be writing a sermon. I could be, and, and, but you need to be able to take it all the way down. And that's what this heart attack has taught me. If you look on my Facebook page, YouTube page, Twitter page, and you go back to August, you see me coming out of the hospital with my wife. You see me in September rolling my granddaughter in the stroller. And I have what's called the healing journey. And I talk about the importance of getting your heart checked, making sure your cholesterol is in order, making sure that you are, your stomach is, you know, paying attention to the signs, uh, you know, come off all that red meat, white sugar, white bread, white rice, all that stuff is not good for you all those carbohydrates. I've lost 45 pounds since July. Um, and it's very important. I need to walk more for the strengthening of the heart. Um, and it's, it's, it's very important that you rest because life, it is, life can be difficult. You know, life can be stressful. Um, and you've got to take care of you. You've got to drink enough water. You've got to eat the right food. You've got to exercise. You've got to um, pray, meditate. Trust, read the Bible, listen to good music that calms the nerves and be around people that are going to push you and encourage you and help you and not hinder you. Because not everybody's concerned about you. So you need the right, you need the right team uh, to be around. And I find great refreshment in my grandchildren. You know, they they just, you know, you when you have children, you think that you can't love them anymore. You adore your children. I I adore my daughters. But when I had those grandchildren, it was a game changer. I'm like, Lord, I didn't think I could have any more love, you know, that I have for my children. But those grandchildren just bring a whole nother. And, and they refresh me. You got to make sure your heart rate stays a certain day. You make sure that you're, you know, not allowing stuff to eat at you, you know. And that's something that I fight with. I fight with worry. You know, I worry about the kids. I, I worry about people in the church, and that's not good. Worrying is also a sin. We don't talk about it, but that's if you trust God, how are you going to trust God and worry? But I'm working through that. And I think one more thing I want to say, too, 
today's pastors, be honest, be transparent. Let people know, you know, you ain't God. God is God. And you're not perfect. Um, there's a hymn that says, uh, come thou fount. And there's a verse in that hymn that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And we are prone to wander away from God. And we need the Lord to reign us in, not only in the spiritual sense, but reign us in so we can take care of ourselves. You can't help anybody else if you're weak and 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 you and you're not healthy and strong yourself. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We are all mortal in the body. There is no doubt about it. And you're uh, you're un, you're going under the same conditions as anyone else. Uh, it's just how you're going to fight that battle. You're going to talk about longevity pretty soon here in, in the spring. You're going to have a gathering. And we want to make sure that people know about that and that they can get some of this refreshment that we are talking about so we can, can continue first to shield ourselves and to grow and to, and to prosper. Talk to us a little bit about this event you got going on. I started this event in 2019, and um, it is a conference that speaks to my journey with longevity. You know, I've been in this thing 48 years as a preacher, 40 years as a pastor, and this conference is going to be dealing with um, uh, longevity in business. We're going to be bringing in people who are both pastors and business persons, longevity women in ministry, longevity men in ministry longevity in business matters. Um, it's going to be an amazing conference there in April. You, I'm sure that the date will probably be up on your screen or somewhere. I want people to register now. It, it was a, it's been refreshing. It was supposed to be in October, but because of the heart attack in August, I had to move it to April. And I'm looking forward to people coming and being delegates to not only be refreshed by the speakers, the amazing speakers. Um, my own daughter is going to be speaking on mental health. She's a mental health therapist. Um, uh, Pastor Ishmael Wilson and his wife, Pastor Rochelle Wilson, own five dry cleaners and they're pastors and parents to five children. And they're going to be talking about how do you make all of that work? Um, it, you know, we've got uh, great pastors coming in, talking to us about keeping our lamps trimmed and burning, staying on the cutting edge. And being, and you know, success, brother, is not necessarily a big church because the new big now is small. The new big is small. And I never intended to have a big church. I came to a church of 125 members and I wanted to be a faithful, committed pastor. I wanted the Lord to bless the church. I wanted to be faithful in what God called me to do. And because I was faithful and the Lord added. To the church, such as should be saved. But this conference is going to be great. I look forward to, and I'd like people to register today. They go to donaldhear.org, register today. Um, it, it's going to be an amazing gathering. And let me know that you heard about it on your podcast. Absolutely. I'm going to follow the brand. Now, is this event going to be online? Is it in person? Is it both? Where's it going to be located? It's going to be located at this point at the Cathedral International, Perth Amboy. Uh, New Jersey is going to be located there, and um, I'm. It's it's live, but nowadays you've got to be both. You've got to be live and online. So um, uh, we are not sure how to, how that's going to happen, but my team is going to worry about that. But we'll be live and online. I mean, people normally say, 
well, if you tell the people you're going to also be online, they'll just be online and won't be there. I don't think that's, you know, that's fine, but I think people will come. We, we need to be together to, to share each other's energy, um, but we are going to have an online presence as well. Awesome. And you're right. There is a difference of being face-to-face with someone. There, there, there's, a, there's a certain amount of, uh, of presence and essence that's just not in the room. So if you have the ability to go physically to Perth Amboy, I would say do so. But if it's not in your uh, your purview, your geography, or whatnot, still, let's let's share the wealth. Now, you've got some other churches. Tell us where these other two churches are located. Uh, the, the Cathedral International is uh, the main campus is in Perth Amboy. 25 years ago, we started a, a chapter of our church in Asbury Park. 20 years ago, we started, the numbers may be off, a church in Plainfield. And then we have, 18 years ago, we started our Spanish church, which is right there on the campus in Perth Amboy. So we worship at 930, the main church, and the other three locations worship at 1030. Um, and I used to travel all, to all of them. I would start at the cathedral in Perth Amboy at 730 and 11. And then I'd get in the car and be driven to Asbury Park for the two o'clock service. Then I'd get in the car and be taken to Plainfield, and I would preach that service. But then it just became unrealistic for me physically to be able to maintain that. So I have staff pastors who are on the spot, and they're preaching, and they're pastoring the people. That is awesome. That, that shows your, your, your tenacity and, and the drive uh, that you have, but also the ability to teach others. It's all about you. We've got to give back. We've got to prepare this next generation to inherit the mantle and be able to carry the, the words forward. And that's important. Now, I'm going to leave you one more question. And it's not really a question. It's just a, uh, a testament a little bit. Now, I'm from a very large family in Omaha, Nebraska. We've got about 2,000 different members. They're the Bryant Fisher family. We celebrated our family reunion every year annually since 1917. So we're going into, I believe it's our 107th year. I'm a big believer in family. I know you're a big believer in family. Leave us just a little bit about the importance of family as we go forward in 2024. Your family is your first ministry. And um, I am grateful that I can say that as we were raising these daughters, um, I made my calendar adjust to their calendar. So therefore, I didn't miss any games, any soccer matches, any tennis matches, any art, you know, piano recitals, even proms. All of those things, because your children are with you for 18 years. And you need to pour as much as you can and do all you can to keep that family strong and together. And, and they are the light of my life. And it's not just, you know, the children, but also I've got 35 first cousins. My father was one of 13 children. And, you know, and we have a, a family chat. So we're, you know, the family, the huge family, we're online together. And then with my immediate family, we're online every day, two, three, four, five times a day, uh, putting the grandbaby online. And, you know, we're talking to her. I think that family is everything to me. Uh, it really is. Um, I've had a successful career. But family, it was my family that was around my bedside when I had that cardiac arrest. When I, my family, when I had eight hours of cardiac surgery, my family. 
And, you know, a lot of times, though, and it's good to hear what you're saying about your family. It, it's, it's hard to have a good immediate family if you haven't seen it growing up. Right. But then many of people who haven't seen it growing up, they determine that they want to have what they didn't have growing up. And so they work hard. It takes energy. It takes resources. You know, it takes uh, you got to pay for braces and ballet lessons. And you got to pay for private school. You got to pay for piano. You got to pay for little league. You got to do all. Of it. But the most important thing is, is sitting around that table every night, consistently breakfast around that table, taking those kids to school. I think that and I miss it, quite frankly. A lot of my friends, they love being an empty nester. I don't. Uh, I, I, I would love to have. I am happiest when my family is around me, even if we're not doing anything. I am happiest when the, the, the family unit is together. I, I I have to agree. I have to agree. I'm an empty nester now. Like, but my parents, you know, my parents, I go visit them still. Thank God I still have them in Omaha, Nebraska. But my kids do live here locally in Miami, Florida. And we get together and we have a tax. And you got to do that because it, it refreshes you. It enlivens you. And you see what's going on. I got a two-year-old grandbaby. And I tell you, all she had to do was just look at me and she but just give her everything. You know, that's just how that goes. And that's a beautiful thing. Before I leave you, let the audience know how they can contact you via website. Drop it on us so we can continue to have this dialogue with you as you go forward in your journey. Jr.org. I am also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage them to connect. And if you ask me to follow you, I'll follow you back. And you heard it from the man himself. And I want to ask your audience to continue to follow me at Five Star Medium. That's the number five. That's star. That's B for, excuse me, Brandy. B for development. M for masters.com. This has been wonderful. This is how we kick off our 2024 season. And I look forward to seeing all of you very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us on the Follow Brand Podcast. Big thanks to Full Effect Productions for their incredible support on each and every episode. Now the journey continues on our YouTube channel, Follow Brand TV series. Dive into exclusive interviews, extended content, and bonus insights that will fuel your success. Subscribe now and be a part of our growing community, sharing and learning together. Explore, engage, and elevate at Follow Brand TV series on YouTube. Stay connected, stay inspired. Till next time, we will continue building a five-star brand that you can follow.